How you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Memches, Daf 48 of Masech Tegin. Friends, friends, the sugi of today is the sugi of Kinyan Paris ki Kinyan Haguftomi. Relatively interesting sugi. Um, hopefully the people outside are going to keep it down um, while we do. Ooh, should I turn on the air conditioner? That's probably a good idea. But then again, I didn't plan for it. I hope that the people outside are going to be quiet soon because this is the kind of sugya that you're going to want to be able to have quiet for. Um, they don't hear me. Why should I have to hear them, right? Anyways. Um, Kinyan Paris Kikinyan Aguftomi is the purchase of the fruits like the purchase of the body. We're going to get to the end of the uh, fourth parak of Masech and okay, without further ado, Randaf Mem Zayin Amud Beis. I don't know where are we. We got some work to do on Daf Mem Zayin Amud Beis. About halfway through the Amud, Randaf Mem Zayin Amud Beis. Itmar, it was uh, stated, Hamocher Sadeu LePeiris, a person who sells his field for the fruits. Rabbi Yochanan Omar Mevi Vikore, Rishlokish Omar Mevi Veeno Kore. So Rabbi Yochanan says he could bring and he could read. Rishlakish says he could bring, but he cannot read. Friends, what are we talking about? Okay, what we're talking about is if, okay, Shimon has a field. Shimon sells Ruve in the field. The thing is that this is not a regular kind of sale. Normally, Shimon would sell the field to Ruve and it belongs to Ruve. But in this sale, Shimon is selling the field to Ruve for 10 years. After 10 years, it goes back to Shimon. Um, during those 10 years, of course, Ruvain eats the fruits and things like that, but ultimately it's going to revert back to Shimon. And as we're going to see on this daf, that there's parallels between this and, of course, Talach of Yovel, the Jubilee year. That, um, right, that during uh, Yovel, of course, um, uh, uh, property goes back to its um, um, original owners, or as I'm going to refer to it later on, as permanent owners, right? Of course, the, the halacha by, by Yovel, by the Jubilee year, is that, I don't know if Yovel is technically translated as Jubilee year, but I once had a substitute teacher in, uh, I think, seventh grade, who um, called it the Jubilee year. I like the way it sounds. So, so anything, any property that you sell, right? So, meaning, when the Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael with uh, Joshua, so, so the land was divided up and then that land is sort of, you know, stays in the family. And even if you sell it to somebody else in the Jubilee year, it reverts back to its permanent owners. Um, so we're going to see that there are parallels between sort of selling land when there's the practice of Yovel, uh, as well as this kind of scenario, which is you simply sell land, but it's going to be given back to you after 10 years. So that's what's called selling the land for the fruit, as opposed to selling the land for the actual land, right? If, you know, if, assuming that it's not during the time of Yovel, such as now, and you simply sell a land, a property without any intention of ever getting it back. So that would be a permanent sale. That would be a Kinyan Aguf, the, the, right, with the, uh, the property itself. But here, uh, Shimon is selling the field to Ruvain, and, but it's going to ultimately revert back to Shimon. That's, so that's what's called Kinyan Paris. So what Ruvain is acquiring is the fruits of the field, but the field itself is still uh, belonging to Shimon. Uh, now, the Shaila is, is Kinyan Paris, Kinyan Aguf Domi, is selling of the fruits 
like selling of the actual property. What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina is for bikurim, right? Bikurim are the first fruits, right? You have episodate palm, olive trees, olive grove. Um, and um, so the, the first, right, when you see that the first fruits are emerging, so you, you set them aside, right? You mark them, you like wrap, wrap epis around it. And then when they're ripe, you harvest them and you take them to Jerusalem. And then, so that's what's called bringing Bikurim. And when you bring your Bikurim, there's a Parsha that you, right, you read these Psukim, Arami, Ovid, Ovi, Vayed, Mitzrayim, etc. And as part of that, it says, what does it say as part of that? May Reishis be Adama Asher Nosatali. That you take from the first fruits that you have from the Adama Asher Nosatali, the land that you have given me. You can only read this Parsha if you yourself own the land, right? If you don't own the land, so then it's not the land that, that God gave you. It's not, right? It's not yours. It's somebody else. So the, the kasha is for the 10 years or 20 years, however long the agreement is between Shimon and Reuven, let's say 10 years. So for the, those 10 years that Reuven owns the property for the Paris, when he brings the first fruits to Jerusalem, the Bikurim, can he also read this Parsha? Is it considered Hadoma Ashenosatali? Is it considered my land or not? Do we say that the fact that he has access, that he has purchased the fruits, it's like he's purchased the property itself and he can read the Parsha? Or do we say that no, he's purchased the, the fruits, but not the property? And therefore he can bring the first fruits, but he doesn't read the, um, the uh, Parsha of Mikrubikurim. That is the big Shaila of today's daf. So, uh, Itmar was stated, Hamocher Sadeu le Paris. One second. Okay, somebody's like uncomfortable with me with this mic. I don't know what what's being uncomfortable, but okay, we'll power through it. Yankee Lazar. Okay, Yankee Lazar has become like the symbol of just powering through. If ever you need to power through something, Yankee Lazar. Okay. Itmar Hamocher Sadeu le Paris. So so we're like um yeah we're we're like it, what's the what's the I don't know. Okay. Also, a fellow who sells his field, but just for the fruits. Okay. So if Shimon sells his field to Ruvain for the fruits, right? He's going to revert back to Shimon eventually. Rabbi Yochanan says that Ruvain can bring the first fruits, the Bikurim, and Oichit read Mikra Bikurim. Rishlakish Amar, whereas Rishlakish says Nisht, he can bring the Bikurim, but he cannot read the Parsha. Rabbi Yochanan Amar maybe Vikore. Rabbi Yochanan says that he could bring the Bikurim and Oichit read the Parsha. Kinyin Paris Kinyin Aguv Dami. Because purchasing the Paris is like you purchase the actual Karka itself, the actual property itself, and therefore you can read the Parsha that says Adama Shenosatali. Rishlakish Omar maybe Veenu Kore. Whereas Rishlakish says he could bring the Bikurim, but he cannot read the Parsha. Because Kinyin Paris Lavki Kinyin Aguv Domi. Because um, purchasing the fruits is not like purchasing the actual property. Um, and therefore, you could bring the first fruits, but you cannot read the parsha which says, Mereshis Priyadoma Ashenosato Li. Eisve Rabbi Yechonon Rishlokish. Rabbi Yechonon Asakashe to Rishlokish. Leveisecho. That when the Pasuk says, um, in the context of Bikurim, Beisecho, somebody's, uh, Riding a motorcycle. So it teaches that Beisecha teaches that you could, a fellow could bring the Bikurim of his uh, wife and do Mikra Bikurim and also read the Parsha. Now, 
the fruits of his wife, he owns the, right, he has access to the fruits, right? If it's a, I assume the point is that it's a nichse melog, right? Yeah, that nichse melog, right? Her property, so if she, if she brings into the marriage, epis olive grove, okay, so he has access to the fruits. He can eat the fruits, sell the fruits, do whatever he wants with the fruits, but the, the grove itself belongs to her. They get divorced, she, the, 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 the grove is hers. So, 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 in, so that's an example where um, he has access to the fruits and he does not have access to the property itself. So now, Vikore. So, Rabbi Yochanan brings a uh, kasha on, on Rishlakish because we're saying that a fellow could bring a bikurim from his wife's nichse muluk, i.e. bikurim that he only owns the Paris but not the not 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 the gufakarka, and yet he it says he can read it he, he brings the bikurim and he re, he does mikur bikurim, so we see that kinyan Paris is kikinyan aguftami. Omar le Rishlakish says seriously, Rabbi Yechanan? seriously, that's the exception that proves the rule. That's the exception that proves the rule from the fact that we need a pasuk to teach me that a husband could bring his wife's uh, Paris Milog. That proves the fact that by default, Kenyan Paris love Kenyan Aguf, Domi, and therefore the pasuk, we needed a pasuk to teach, but that doesn't apply to a husband and wife. That the husband could bring, even though Kenyan Paris love Kenyan Aguf, Domi, the exception is that a husband could bring his wife's Paris um, Melug um, um, uh, uh, and uh, read Mikra uh, Bikurim, but it's the exception that proves the rule. Ve'ikadam, those who say Fakert, Eitzvi Reb Shim ben Lakish Lebiechen, and it's Reb Shim ben Lakish asking the Kashis that he says Ulevesecha from the fact that the pasuk that we need a pasuk for Ulevesecha Melamich other maybe Bikure Ishto Vikore. That a fellow could bring the bikurim of his wife and oichet read the uh, mikra bikurim, but But specifically, a husband and wife, because it says beisecha aval be'alma lo. But in general, mekinyan Paris lav kikinyan aguv dami, and you would uh, and you would be unable to do mikra bikurim. Uh, right? So Rishlakish is saying that the fact that we need a pasuk proves that by default we would not say that kinyan. Paris kikinin aguv told me Omer lei. To which Rabbi Yechonon responds, "Time didi nami miachol kamina." I also prove it from that same pasuk. I.e., I, I don't agree with your analysis that it's the exception that proves the rule. I say that that's davka. Right? It's like a, a binyanav davka. That that's the basis for the teaching that. Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Tomi. It's not that the husband and wife are the exception. The husband and the wife are the basis from which we learn the concept of Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Tomi from the fact that a husband could bring his wife's Paris Milog and do Mikur Bikurim shows that that is something that's acceptable in general. From there we learn that Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Tomi and that a fellow and that and that you can do mikra bikurim even on property that you only own the fruits but not the land itself. Why are the people making so much noise for so long? Like, go make your noise and move on, you know. Biyotzizan, karyanki lazard, Eisve. We have a 
Kasha. I don't remember who's asking Kasha Zanu. We keep, uh, for the next like, I don't know, bit, there's just going to be lots of Kashas and nobody says who's asking the questions. We just got to figure it out and I, I can't remember which one's a Kasha and Rabbi Yochan and which one's a Kasha and Rabbi We'll just have to figure it out. Eisve, Hoya if a fellow was, um, was uh, traveling, okay, fellow was traveling, Uvikure Ishto Biyado, and with him is his wife's Bikurim, and he's planning to bring it to Yerushalayim, and, um, okay, Vishama Shemesa Ishto, and he hears that his wife died, all right, Mevi Vikure, so he could bring the uh, Bikurim, and also read the Mikra Bikurim. Mesa in, lo mesa lo. Dafke, if she dies, then now he owns it, but if she was alive, when he only owns the pairs, then, then, then nisht. So that sounds like that would be a proof for Rishlakish. Right? That Rishlakish says, Kinyan Peris, Lavke Kinyan Aguf Domi. Right? And therefore, Rishlakish is asking Kashan of Yochanan, Hey Rabbi Yochanan, you say, that Kenyan Paris Kikinin Aguftami, which would mean that a husband with his wife's uh, uh, Paris, he has access to the uh, fruits, but not to the land itself. But Rabbi Yochanan, you would say that he should still be able to read Mikrobikurim. And yet we have a Brysa that's saying that, uh, yet this Brysa is saying that Davka, if he has his, his, wife's, his wife's fruits, bring them to Yerushalayim, and he finds out that she dies. Then he's able to read Mikra Bikurim. But otherwise, he would not be able to do Mikra Bikurim. So we see that access to the fruits is not considered like having access to the property. And, you know, if not for the, if she didn't die, he would not be able to do Mikra Bikurim. It's only because he died that, uh, and that now he owns the property itself that he could do Mikra Bikurim. So it sounds like it's, it's Rishlokish asking Akasha and Rabbi Right? So again, so Eisve, Rishlokish asking Akasha and Rabbi If a fellow was traveling, and he's got the Bikurim uh, of his wife with him, and then he finds out that his wife died. Maybe Vikore, so at that point, okay, now he could not just bring the Bikurim for his wife, but also read the Mikur Bikurim. But Mesa in lo Mesa lo. It's only because she died, and now he inherited her property. So now he's not. Now he has not only access to the fruits, but to the property itself. That's why he could read Mikur um, Bikurim. But lo Mesa lo. If she didn't die, and he only has access to the fruits, he would not be able to do Mikur Bikurim. So we say. So Rabbi Yechonam will say Nish. Who didn't the lo Mesa? No. Even if she would not have died, he would have been able to do. Mikra Bikurim, because Kinyan Peris Kinyan Aguv Domi. However, Umeitzda Itzdrichale, the Chiddush is that even though she died while he was on the way, still he could read Mikra Bikurim. I may have thought to say we should make a Gezeira because of Rabbi Yosi Bab Chanine. If a fellow harvests his first fruits and he's sending them to Jerusalem with a messenger, and the messenger then dies on the on the way to Jerusalem. Maybe Okay, so you know he could then you know uh, the the is dead, so he can now go. And uh, take uh, bring the the um, the uh, bikurim to Yerushalayim, but he would not do mikra bikurim. Shenemar v'lakachta ve'eveisa. 
Right? The Pasuk says, what does the Pasuk say? is that um, a tovi miyartzachem? Whatever. It says, says the Gemara, that you need the same fellow to take it and to ultimately bring it, right? So the shaliach who's taking it from the fellow needs to be the same person to bring it. And if he dies on the way, and then the, the, the owner needs to then pick it up from, from you know, uh, from on the way, so the the shaliach, the messenger who took it, is not the person who's going to ultimately be bringing it to Jerusalem. So then you would not do mikra bikurim. So I may have the half minute to say that if the husband is on the way to Jerusalem and he has the fruits of his wife, right? So he would be able to do mikrobikurim. But I might think that if during the way he finds out that his wife dies, so now he's not, when he left, he was bringing his wife's bikurim just right, as somebody who owned the fruits, but not the gufakarka. But but then in the middle of the of the, of the trip, his status changed. He now is not just somebody who's, who who has access to the fruits of the land, but it's actually somebody who owns the land. So I may have thought that just like when the shaliach takes the uh, uh, fruits. And then he dies in the middle, and the owner takes it, picks it up, and we say it takes for the rest. We say you do not do mikrobikurim. So I may have thought that when he, you know, takes it as sort of somebody who's taking the payris, right, who has access to the payris, but then he's bringing it to Yerushalayim as somebody who owns the field. So maybe since his status changed in the middle, I may have thought that he should not bring, uh, say, uh, do mikrobikurim. So Kamash Malan, that that even though she died on the way, still. He'll do mikra bikurim, but uh, the chiddush is really just to teach us that even though she died on the way, he still does mikra bikurim. But um, 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 but if she wouldn't have died on the way, then all the more so he would have done mikra bikurim because not that nothing changed, right? Because Rabbi Yochanan would say kinyan peris kinyan aguv dami. Since he has access to the fruits of the nichsei melog, it's like he has access to the property itself. Wow, this daf is going very slowly. We're almost twenty minutes in, and we're like just getting started. These daps are very, very involved. I mean, you know, we're just getting started. We're starting a new parak tomorrow. It's not easy stuff. I mean, it's not. It's not your vomis, friends. It's not your vomis. It's not your vomis. It's not, it's not gonna give you a headache at the end of the daf. But you have to. You have to work through them methodically. You know. All right, one step at a time. Let me say. Okay. Uh, also, they also just take a really long time. Like I've been spending a lot of time, like a lot of hours a day, just like preparing the daf and reviewing the daf and recording it. Like it's noticeably the last few weeks like i've been spending a lot more time um uh, on babylon tom okay but also the time i now rabbi yechanan and rishlakish are consistent with their uh, reasoning right rabbi yechanan who says kinyan peris kikinin aguf domi and rishlakish who says kinyan peris lav kikinin aguf domi the itmai was stated a mochir sadeyu bizman shayovo noik oh so as i as i as i had mentioned earlier that we're going to draw a parallel between Shimon who sells his field to Reuven for 10 years and Shimon who sells his field to Reuven when there is Yovel. And Mimela, when the Jubilee year comes, it reverts to Shimon. So Rabbi Yechanan Omer, maybe Vikore. So at a time when there's Yovel and Reuven purchases a, a, a field from uh, Shimon, 
and of course, it comes Yovel, it's going to revert to Shimon. And nonetheless, when when Ruvain has the field until Yovel, so maybe Vikori he brings Bikurim and he reads Miku Bikurim. Rishlakish Omar maybe Ve'enokori. Whereas Rishlakish says that Ruvain can bring the Bikurim, but he would not read Miku Bikurim. Rabbi Yechanan Omar maybe Vikori. So Rabbi Yechanan says that he brings that Ruvain brings the the Bikurim and reads Miku Bikurim because Kinyan Paris Kinyan Aguf Dami because. And since Reuven has access, right, he has, owns the fruits, so it's it's like he owns Archit, the uh, um, um, property itself, and therefore he could read Mikur Bikurim and say Adama Shenasatli Rishlakish Omar. Maybe Ve'enu Kore, whereas Rishlakish says that he could bring the Bikurim, but he cannot read Mikur Bikurim because Kinin Peris Lavki Kinin Aguv Domi, because even though Reuven has access to the fruits, he does not have access to. It's not considered that he has access to the actual property itself since it's going to revert to Shimon at Yovel. Utsricha, we need both cases. We need the case of when Shimon sells his field to Reuven for 10 years and we need the case of um, Yovel when Shimon sells his field to Reuven and when Yovel comes it reverts to Shimon. Utsricha, we need both cases. If, so again, I forget which case is which but uh, we'll figure it out in context. I think he's saying if we only had the case of when Shimon sells his field to Reuven for 10 years Right? If we only had the case of when, right? What, what do we say? Right? Shimon sells his field to Reuven. It's pretty explicit that he's only selling it for the fruits, not for the Gufakarka, and eventually it's going to revert to Shimon. Right? If we only had the case of when Shimon sells Reuven the Karka for the Paris, Bahi Kaamu Rishlakish. Dartin Rishlakish says that that um that Kinyan Paris Lavki Kinyan Aguf Domi and you cannot read the Mikrobikurim because the Khin Kondachis Adaito de Pair Kanachis because it's very clear Shimon sell selling the land to Ruvain Liparis only for the fruits and therefore when when Ruvain purchases the land he's he's purchasing it knowing that he's only purchasing the fruits he's not purchasing the land itself therefore he doesn't do mikrobikurim aval but maybe I would say that during the time of when Yovel is Noheg and Shimon sells his field to Ruvain Stam now of course ultimately it's going to revert to um, um, uh, uh, Shimon at Yovel but you know it's not explicit that I'm only sell- selling it to you for the Paris I'm selling you the Field. So therefore, that in Ruvain's mind, when he's buying the field, he's buying the field. Okay, ultimately it's going to revert at Yova, but you know, it's not, it wasn't sort of, it's not thought of that way. It's sort of, I'm buying the field. So I may have thought, maybe Rishlakish would agree with Rabbi that in that case he would bring the, the Bikurim and read the Mikur Bikurim. So therefore, um, we have to clarify that no, Rishlakish says in both cases that um, that he brings the Bikurim, but he does, does not uh, do Mikur Bikurim. And if we would only have the case of Yovel, that is where Rabbi Yechanan says that he brings the fruits and also does Mikur Bikurim. But when Shimon sells his field to Reuven, maybe there, Yechanon admits to Rishlakish that um, if he's selling it for the payers, then he, he would not do Mikur Bikurim. Therefore, we need both cases to show us, to demonstrate that in both cases, 
um, um, Rib Yechanan says, maybe the Kore, Rishlokish says, maybe the Eno Kore. Toshma, common years. Now we're going to have a few uh, examples that again, we're going to ask Kashis. Who are we asking Kashis on? We're asking Kashis on Rib Yochanan, Rishlokish. I can't remember. Hakone Ilon Vikarko, maybe Vikore. So even though it's the Paris, yeah, it's a Kashan Rishlokish. Right, so Toshma, Akona Ilan Vikarko, that a fellow who purchases a fruit tree and the land, maybe Vikore, he brings uh, Bikurim and also does Mikur Bikurim, even though it's going to be reverting at Yovel. So even though he's only buying it for the fruits, still it says maybe Vikore. So it's a Kasha on Rishlokish. So so Rishlokish can answer, no, it's talking about when there's no Yovel, and therefore it, it wasn't simply for Paris, it was um, permanent, and that's why he does Mikra Bikurim. Tashma, come in here. Hakone Shnei Ilonis Besoch Sadeh Ushel Chaveru Mevivein Okore. If um, Ruvain purchase, purchases two um, f- uh, fruit trees in, his, in Shimon's field, he brings uh, Bikurim, but does not do Mikra Bikurim. Hashlosha, but if Ruvain brings, uh, if, but if Ruvain purchases three fruit trees in Shimon's field, which at that point, since he purchased three f- trees, it's it's considered like you didn't just buy the trees, but also the property that between the, tr- right, right, that the trees are on. So maybe Vikore, so then he brings the um, uh, Bikurim and, and does Mikur Bikurim as well. And, and even though the field is going to be reverting at Yovel. So even though he's only purchasing it for the Paris, nonetheless, um, he's doing Mikur Bikurim. So it's a kasha on Rishlokish hachanami bizman she'ena yovel noeg. To which Rishlokish would respond and say, um, here also we're talking about where at a time when there's no yovel. So the fact that he owns the fruits and the property, that is why he can uh, bring the bikurim and do mikra bikurim. Fine. Ve'hash the of chizda. Now the Gemara says, but now actually we there's a teaching of chizda that machlokas biyovel sheniv abiyovel rishon deviyakol mevi vikore that the Machlokes was only by um, uh, the Yovel Sheni, but by Yovel Rishon, everybody agrees that he brings and reads Mikra Bikurim. Because they still didn't uh, realize what the heck does that mean? It means that when the Yidin first arrived in Teretz Yisrael, so they had to get into the swing of things. They had to get used to the concept of I sell, Shimon sells his field to Ruvain. Comes the Jubilee year, it goes back to Shimon. That, that was a new concept. And therefore, Yovel Rishon means the first 50 years that they were in Eretz Yisrael. They hadn't had a Yovel yet. They hadn't experienced yet the experience of property reverting uh, at the end of uh, at, at, at Yovel. So the first Yovel, Shimon sells his field to Ruvain. They still didn't grasp the whole concept of, and then comes Yovel, it's going to now revert. So Shimon selling it to Ruven, it, it, it's like a proper sale. And as far as they, they, don't, they didn't hop yet what it means for, for property to revert at Yovel, and therefore maybe Vikore. Right? Even though, yes, the field is ultimately going to revert, but because they weren't in that like sort of mindset, so Shimon thought he was selling it to Ruven, Ruven thought he was buying the field. So maybe Vikore. The machlok is between Rishlokish uh, and, and, and Rabbi Yechanon. Is, uh, is, is only from the second Yovel, 50-year Yovel cycle 
and forward, right? At that point, they've already experienced what it means for property to revert at Yovel. And at that point, all right, Shimon already knows that he's selling it, but he's going to get it back at Yovel. Ruven knows he's buying it, but it's going to go back to Shimon at Yovel. So at that point, Rish Lakish says, look, you know, you're going to bring the, Ruven brings the fruits, but he doesn't do Mikru Bikurim. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, Paris, Kikinin Akuf, me, and Ruven can do Mikru Bikurim. So, so again, so let's read that again. So, 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 Vahasha Domer of Chizda, now that Rav Chizda, however, has made a distinction, Machlokas Biyovel Sheni, that Machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlokish is Davka Biyovel Sheni. Is Davka, you know, once already they had experienced Yovel, but, but for the first 50 years in Israel, before they had actually experienced what, what Yovel is like, everyone agrees that during that first Yovel cycle, they uh, brought the uh, Bikurim and did Mikro Bikurim. Because they still didn't sort of uh, internalize what it means for property to revert at Yovel. So Lokash that all these uh, prices that we just quoted that he purchases the, the the fruit tree and the land and he and he brings the the he brings the karka he brings the pay brings the bikurim and he also does mikur bikurim even though Yovel is coming up and you could say yeah but that was Yovel Rishon or Yovel Sheni would be a different story. Okay, fine, very good. Friends, so you may have thought that, okay, we're starting to cook with grease. We're starting to pick up the pace over here. Nusugya. 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 Should we do a shtickle, uh, maybe do a shtickle intro. A shtickle outside stuff before we move in. One second, is there noise outside? Good. Thank God I don't hear anything, so I'll just assume not. We got to channel the energies of our Chavar Yanki Lazar and we got to go weiter. So, 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 oh, 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 wow, this is a sugya, this is episode sugya, this is episode sugya, this is episode sugya, this is a sugya, this is a sugya, this is a sugya, this is a sugya. What's the difference between, what's the chilik between stay achuza and stay mikna? So, so I think I mentioned a few minutes ago that, that we're going to be dis- uh, drawing a distinction between and, uh, permanent owners and temporary owners. Okay, so when the Yidden came into Eretz Yisrael uh, with Joshua, so they divided up the land, and whoever you know, whatever portion your family got, so you are the permanent owners of that portion. Now, if you sell that property, okay, so if Shimon, who's the permanent owner of a property, sells it to Reuven, Reuven is only a temporary owner until, until, until Yovel, at which point it will revert back to Shimon. Now, here's where things get exciting. What if Shimon, who's the permanent owner of the field, he's Maktish's field. He's Maktish and he's saying, you're right, I'm being Maktish my field to the Beis Amikdash. He now needs to redeem it and give the money to the Beis Amikdash to the Bede Kabais. What if he doesn't do that? He, he, he doesn't redeem it. He doesn't redeem it. So the Bede Kabais, the temple treasury, they sell it to somebody else and then that's how they get their money. That, right, that, that, that's how they get the, the, the value of, of the field. Now what happens at Yovel. So what happens at Yovel is that because the, tempor- the, the, the temple treasury sold it, so who does it revert back to at Yovel? It reverts back to the, the temple treasury and it gets divided up among the priests, among the Kohanim. Now that's if the permanent owner of the field was Maktish, his field, and didn't redeem it. But what if Reuven, who's the temp, right? Reuven buys the field from Shimon and Reuven is the temporary owner of the field, 
Ruvain then, as the temporary owner, is makdish the field. He, he, he makes it holy for the, for the temple. And he doesn't redeem it. So the Bede Kabayis sells it to somebody else to get the money for it. Comes Yovel. So it's not going to be divided up among the Kohanim because uh, Ruvain, was, who was makdish the field, was only a temporary owner. It goes back to Shimon, the permanent owner. Okay? So we've made distinctions between Steachuza, which is a field that you own permanently. That's a steachuza. A steimikna, like from Kenyan, is a field that has been purchased, right? The field, right? Ruven's field that he is the temporary owner of, that's a steimikna, okay? And by a steachuza, if you're a maktish, a steachuza, I'm not going to translate this anymore. Steachuza is the, is the, is the permanent, the, 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 the permanent field, and the steimikna is the temporary field. Um, so now, if a steachuza, is if if his, a fellow is maktish a and he doesn't redeem it and the te- and the temple sells it to somebody else, comes Yovel that the the field is divided among the um, uh, uh, priests and and if uh, it's a stay uh, mikna so then and and if a fellow is maktish a mikna and he doesn't redeem it so the temple treasury sells it comes Yovel or reverts back to the permanent owner so now. Let's say that this concept of, let's say that this concept of, let's say that this concept of Kinyan Peiris Kinyan Aguf, or not, let's say it's Takam Achlokas Tanoim. So how do I know that if a fellow purchases a field from his father, so his father is the permanent owner of the field, he is a temporary owner of the field. So for his father it's a steachuza, for him it's a stay mikno. Vekdisha, and then the son is makdish the field. But then his father dies, making it now potentially it uh, you know it sounds like it's making it a steachuza now. So we're gonna see it's not it's okay whatever. Let's just say you know so uh, so now that his father is no longer alive, so now it's his field. Which makes it a steachuza. Now he was makdish. He was makdishit. Minayin shetei lefan of kisteachuza. So how do we know that we treat it as a steachuza, and therefore comes Yovel? It's going to be if you if he was if he didn't redeem it, uh, it's going to be divided among the kohanim, as opposed to a stay mikna, which would revert back. I guess if I'm not mistaken, it would revert back to his father, but his father's dead, so I guess he would get it back, right? So we treat it. So minayin shetei lefan of kistei achuza. How do we know that we treat it as a stay achuza rather than a stay mikno? So tamalomai, because the pasuk says im estei miknoso, asher lo mistei achuzaso. That uh, uh, when the when the verse is describing the halacha that by a stay mikno it reverts back to the permanent owner at Yovel, that is im estei miknoso asher lo mistei achuzaso. Right. That that second part is extra. It says right. It says so we're talking about a stay mikna. Why does the pasuk need to say asher lo that it isn't a stay achuza? I know it's a stay mikna. It's not a stay achuza. So yatsu sazo because it's coming to say that we're also excluding this scenario. Shereuya lios stay achuza that when the son was makdish the field, his father was still alive, so it was a stay mikna, but it was fit to be a stay achuza. I.e., when his father dies. He was gonna, it was gonna become his, and it was gonna be a steachuza. And therefore, the halachas of stay mikna don't apply in this case when a son is makdish, the field that his father 
um, that, right, that he purchased from his father. Div Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Whereas Rabbi Meir Omer says, Rabbi Meir, Minayin lokeach sodame oviv. How do I know that if a son purchases a field from his father, umeis oviv, and then his father dies, ve'achar kachikdisha, and then afterwards he was makdish the field, and then afterwards, after his father already died, he was makdish the field. Minayin the fun of kiste achuza. How do we know that we should treat that as a stay achuza? Tamud Lomar, im es stemiknosa shalomiste achuzaso. So the Pasuk says, by stemikna, that we're saying it's a stemikna, that's not a steachuza. Sode she'eina steachuza. So a field that is not a steachuza, yotzusazo, to the exclusion of this case, shehi steachuza, that we treat it as a steachuza rather than a stemikna. Vidu the Rabbi Yehuda, Vreb Shimin, but Rabbi Yudin Rabbi Shimin, meis oviv, vachaikach, hekidisha, in the in, in the case of Mes Oviv, Lo Kra, they do not use the Pasuk for that. Yeah, uh, I don't expect that everybody understood that, but let, but let me explain that uh, outside because there was a lot there was a lot there. So basically we have this Pasuk that says So we say, okay, if it's stay it's obviously not stay What what are we learning out from here? So we have machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda on the one hand, and Rabbi Meir on the other hand. So, so Rabbi Meir needs this pasuk to teach me that if the son buys the field from the father, right? This is a less uh, big chiddush. This is a lesser chiddush, but according to Rabbi Meir, nonetheless, and this is how it's going to ultimately, in a minute, well, however long it takes to explain it, but the next part of the Gemara is going to sort of explain this that. That and this is how it's going to tie in ultimately to Kinyan Paris Kinyan Aguf Dami or not. Reb Meir needs this pasuk to be teaching us that even in the case of where the son purchases a field from his father and then his father dies, which means that now the field is fully his. So okay, I'd imagine it's a steachuza at this point, right? And and then he's maktish the field. So we treat it like a steachuza rather than a stay mikna. And according to Rameir, we need the pasuk to teach me this. I wouldn't know it otherwise. According to um, Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda, they say, no, we can learn out from this pasuk a bigger chiddush, which is that if a, a son bought a field from his father, then was makdashit when his father was still alive. So it's a stay mikna. And then his father dies after it was already hekdish. Still, we do not treat it as a stay mikna. We stay, we treat it as a stay achuza. And according to Rabbi, according to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, we need the pasuk to teach us that. According to Rabbi Meir, however, uh, the, the, we need we need the pasuk to teach even the more right the, right, the less extreme case, which is that. Um, when he buys a field from his father and his father dies, so now it's his field, it's a stay achuza, and then he's makdashit, we treat it as a stay achuza. But if he was, according to Mayor, if he was makdashit and then his father died, it would be treated as a, a stay mikna. So now, so now the Gemara wants to demonstrate that, so now the Gemara wants to demonstrate that the machlokas between 
or at least wants to try to demonstrate that the machlokas between Reb Meir and Reb, uh, between um, Reb Yehuda and Reb Shimon on the one hand and Reb Meir on the other is is a machlokas about Kinyan Peris ke Kinyan Aguv Domi or not. So my love, but how can we Reb Meir sover Kinyan Peris ke Kinyan Aguv Domi? That Reb Meir holds that Kinyan Peris ke Kinyan Aguv Domi, and therefore when the son buys the field from his father. So, so, so his father's still alive, right? Which means that it would revert to his father at Yovel. But nonetheless, Kinyan Peris Kikinin Aguf Domi. So that when the son purchases the land, the fruits, it's like he purchases the land itself. And therefore, in the event where the father dies, nothing really changed. Nothing really changed, right? He already purchased the land. They were saying, Kinyan Peris, Kinyan Aguf Domi. So nothing really changed. So I might think that it doesn't actually become a Stei Achuza. And I might continue to treat it as a Stei Mikna. And therefore, Reb Meir needs the Pasuk to teach me that no, it's not considered like a Stei Mikna. It's considered like a Stei Achuza. So again, right, the Meir Sover, Kinyan Peris, Kinyan Aguf Domi, that purchasing the fruits is like purchasing the actual field. Uvaha, Bemisas Oviv, who did low Yaris, Midi. And therefore, he's not, when his father dies, he's not technically inheriting anything. He already purchased the field. And even though it was Paris, but Kinyan Peris, Kinyan Aguf Domi, so it was already like he owned the field, it's not like he inherited anything. Behilkach Mes Oviv, Bacharkach, Ikdisha Tsarek Kro. And therefore, I need a pasuk to teach us that no, even in this case where his father died, it is considered like he inherited, and it becomes a steachuza. And therefore, if he's then makdashit after that point, we treat it as a steachuza and not a steimikna. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Save, whereas Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon say Kinyan Peris Lav Kinyan Aguv Domi. That uh, 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 when 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 the son purchases the land, he's purchased uh, purchases the field, he's purchasing the fruits, but not the uh, land itself. It's Kinyan Paris, it's not Kinyan Aguf, but not the land itself. And therefore, when the father dies, so at that point he inherits the land. And if after and if at that point he's Maktish the land, well of course it's going to be considered Steachuza. He already inherited the land. Before his father died, he only had access to the Paris. His father died, he now inherited the, the field itself. And of course, now if at this point he is Maktish the field, of course it's considered like a Steachuza and not like a stay Mikna. And therefore, we can use that possibly to teach us a bigger Chiddush, which is that if he was Maktish the field before his father died, when he only had access to the fruits, when he only owned the fruits, and then his father died after his Maktish, still, we do not treat it like a stay mikna, we treat it like a stay achuza, and that's what we need to learn out from the apostle. When his father dies, it's at that point that he's inheriting the field, because up until then he only had access to the Paris. Therefore, I don't need a apostle to teach me that if his father died, at which point he inherited the actual field itself, and then he's Maktish, the land, of course, of course it's going to be a steachuza. And what I need the Pasuk to teach me is It's for when he was, he bought the field from his father, he only had access to the fruits, he was makdashit in that state, when he only had access to the fruits, um, and then afterwards his father died, 
we would not treat it like a stay mikna, we would treat it like a stay achuza. the Says nisht, don't say that the machlok is between Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Shimon on the one hand, and Rabbi Meir on the other hand is about Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Damya. No, everybody holds Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Damya. Everyone agrees with that. And if that's the case, Kinyan Paris Kikinin Aguf Damya. And when the son purchases the lamb from the father, then it's not that just that he purchases the Paris, he's also purchasing the land itself. And if that's the case, then I need the Pasuk to teach me that even when the father dies, and he has not, and the son has not yet been Maktishti land, but the father dies. Still, I need, I need the pastor to teach me that even though the son already owned the Paris and the property and the, and the Gufakarka, still it's considered that at that point he's inheriting it and it becomes a Steachuza. And if he's then Maktishti, it, it would be considered a Steachuza because I wouldn't have known that otherwise because I wouldn't have realized that at that point he's inheriting anything. So then, but we need the Pasuk to teach me that even when he buys it from his father and then his father dies and then he's mocked to shit, it's considered a stay I wouldn't have known that otherwise. But nonetheless, might me stay Right, the pastor could have said, Este Miknoso, but it says, Miste Achuzoso. So it's coming to teach us that second piece, which is even when he purchases the field, he's mocked the shit, and then his father died, still we considered a stay Achuza and not a stay Mikno. That in order for it to be considered a stay mikna, it has to be a field that isn't even ever going to be capable of. I'm sorry. In order for it to be considered a stay mikna, it has to be a, a field that is is never going is never even capable of becoming a stay achuza, um, to the exclusion of when a son purchases a field from his father, um, even if he's makdish before his father dies. But still, it has the potential to be a steachuza. I.e., when his father dies, it becomes a steachuza. So therefore, it's excluded from the halachos of steimikno. So Reb Yudah and Reb Shimon learn out both halachos, whereas Reb Meir only learns out the halacha of when um, he purchases it from his father and then his father dies and then he's makdishit. But if he purchases it from his father and he's makdishit and then his father dies, Reb Meir would say that uh, that would be considered a steimikno. Amr of Yosef <coughs> says of Yosef, He loved Amr of Yechanon, Kinyan Paris, Kinyan Aguf, Tommy, Lomotso, Yod of Ragla, Vesa Medjish. Says of Yosef, I'm very, very happy that, I, that, 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 that I've heard that Rabbi Yochanan holds that Kinyan Paris, Kinyan Aguf, because otherwise we would be very confused about Rabbi Yochanan's opinion. How come we would be so confused? So, the Amr of Asim, Rabbi Yochanan says of Asim, the name of Yochanan, Ha'achin Shechalku, that the brothers that divide up the, the estate of their father, they're considered like uh, uh, purchasers and, and it reverts at the Jubilee year. Meaning, if you have, let's say, three brothers and their father dies and they divide up the, uh, the property among them, the, uh, they, brought, they, 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 you know, they divide up the estate among them. So comes the Jubilee year, it reverts and they redivide it up. Which means that they're only 
they only have access to their inheritance, Kenyan Paris, not Kenyan Aguf, right? If it was Kenyan Aguf, then they would own the field itself. But we're saying that it reverts every, every Yovel, which means they only have access to the Paris, not to the Gufakarka. Now, if you hold like Rishlakish, that uh, Kenyan Paris Lavki Kenyan Aguf Dami, which means that these brothers only have access to the fruits, not to the property itself, which means that when they bring Bikurim, they can't read Mikra Bikurim. Now, if that's the case, then who's ever going to be able to read Mikra Bikurim? Everybody has their property from, you know, they inherit from their father, inherit from their father. I mean, everyone is just, you know, inherit, right? Nobody actually, uh, meaning, um, you know, if we're saying that every Jubilee year, then they like redivide up the estate. So then everybody's property that they inherit would only ever be Kenyan Paris, which means nobody would ever be able to bring Bikurim and read Mikra Bikurim. So again, let's read it from the beginning. Amr of Yosef says, of Yosef, If not for the fact that Rabbi Yochanan says that the Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf Domi, we would be very confused by Rabbi Yochanan's opinion because the Amr Rabbi Yochanan, the Amr Rabbi Yochanan says, that because when it comes to inheritance, the brothers are just considered like purchasers, and it reverts and they redivide every Jubilee year, which means that they only, that the brothers only own their property for Kenyan Paris, and if Kenyan Paris is well then, then nobody would ever be able to bring Bikurim and read Mikur Bikurim, except for if you have an only child, the son of an only child, the son of an only child, all the way back to Yoshua Benun, that, that every child always knew for sure that he owned all the property, but never had to divide it up and have any kind of status of a Kenyan Paris. But otherwise, you know, everybody else, all the inheritances are only Kenyan Paris. And if you say Kenyan Paris, then nobody would ever be able to say, to read Mikra Bikurim. But now that I know that Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is that Kenyan Paris, okay, so now I understand. Even though it's only Kenyan Paris, it's like they own the property itself and they can do Mikra Bikurim. Amurava says, Rava Kromas Nisim Lakish says, Rava, that there is a Pasuk as well as a Brisa um, um, that support uh, Rishlakish, the verse that supports Rishlakish is Bemisbar that it says that when you sell a field, you could sell a field based on the number of uh, um, harvests, of wheat harvests, of, of grain harvests that there are, um, of produce harvests that there are until um, Yovel. So we see that it's about uh, the Paris, not about the Gufakarka. Masnisa and the Brisa um, that supports Rishlakish, the Tani Bukhor Noto Pishnaim Besada Choseris Lav Bayovel. That if you have a fellow and a fellow sold his field, and of course at Yovel it's going to go back to him, but then he dies. He dies before the Yovel. Okay, so now the kids are inheriting the field. So a Bukhor gets a, a double portion, but he only gets double portion from portions from, uh, oh my god, my nose is itching me like crazy. The uh, firstborn only gets a double portion from property that, that, that was in the possession of his father when he died, not property that has the potential to be in his possession later. What's an afkamina? An afkamina is, well, what if the father had sold property? His father was Shimon. Shimon had sold property to Ruvain. Now comes Yovel. That property is going to go back to Shimon. Now Shimon dies. So if we consider, if, if 
uh, Ruven only purchased the field for Paris. Well, he only purchased the field for Paris because it goes back to Shimon at Yovel. And in this case, it goes to the kids at Yovel. Now, if you say Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf Domi, that means that Reuven actually owns the actual property, which means that Shimon didn't until Yovel comes. But in the meantime, Shimon doesn't own the property. Reuven does. Comes Yovel. At that point, it's going to go to Shimon. Shimon's dead, so it'll go to his heirs. But his heirs don't... Shimon did not own it at the time that he died. So then the Bechor would not be able to collect Pishnaim because it's something that's potential, that's going to go to them in the, in the future. It's potentially going to be theirs. But it isn't theirs right now. But if you say Kinyan Peris Lavki Kinyan Aguf Tomi, that when Reuven buys the field from Shimon, he's, he's buying the fruits, but not the field itself. So Shimon still owns the field, which means that when Shimon dies, even though Reuven still has it, but comes Yovel, uh, um, 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 uh, Shimon would be able to get his, uh, uh, the, the Bechor, the firstborn would be able to get his double portion because it belonged, even though the fruits belonged to Reuven, but the, the property itself belonged to Shimon at the time that he died, so the Bechor can get his double portion. So again, the Tanis, we learned in the Bible, that a Bechor does get his Pishnaim, his double portion, in a field that returns to his father at Yovel, because since Reuven only owns the Paris, but not the Guf Akarke itself, Shimon on that, so therefore the Bukhor gets Pishnaim. Amrabai says Abai Naktinon, we say that Bal Binichse Ishto, that a husband regarding his wife's Nichse Malog, that he that she owns the property itself, but he has access to the fruits. Sarukhar Shah, that if you know he's he has to deal with uh, you know some uh, you know legal issues regarding the field itself, so he has to ask for permission because she's the one who owns it. That's only if he doesn't have any business to do about the fruits. But if he had some business that he had to do regarding to the fruits, which he does have access over, so then once he's done with the fruits, he can deal with the property itself. But just to deal with the property, he would have to ask his wife's permission because it's her property. We'll come back to Hashalech. Wow. That was an intense... Duff, I'm telling you, friends, this is just the beginning. The next few days, man, there's going to be, I think, not tomorrow, I think the day after. That's going to be a biggie. That's going to be a biggie. I think there's a, yeah, there's going to be some real stuff coming up, friends. Some real stuff coming up. Um, now, um, yeah, that was Daf Memches of Masech Gitin. And we talked about this concept of Kinyan Peres and Kinyan Aguf, Domi. Right? Uh, Rabbi Yochan says, Kinyan Peres, Kinyan Aguf. Rish Lakish says, Kinyan Peres, Lav, Kinyan Aguf, Domi. Wow, it's, it's late already. Um, what should I do? Should I just go to sleep now? Maybe I should do that. It's not a bad idea. Um, and, okay, and then we talked about a shtickle about Stay Achuza, Stay Mikno, Hektish, Yovel. Wow, interesting stuff. We, we finished the fourth paragraph of Msechta Gein, and tomorrow we will begin the fifth paragraph. Friends, peace out.